0: How's it going, man?
1: JP, it's been a busy day. Um, Let me put it this way. Uh, It was a long week on Monday, and it's Wednesday. So you can understand where I'm at Christmas, obviously, next week. So it's just – it's a lot right now, man. It's a lot. It's a lot.
0: For sure. Christmas coming up. we got National Signing Day today. That's what led to a busy day for for most of us here at the site. Uh, 18 guys have signed with Oklahoma State today. What are just some of you – let's just hop right on in here. What were some of your just general thoughts about the class that Oklahoma State is bringing in here at the early signing period?
1: Well, let's be – let's just be blunt and honest up front, okay? Um, I'm not here to crap on this class at all. I know there are going to be fans who – they get excited during the time, and then once that excitement wears off, um, they're going to be disappointed. This is not a class that's going to win an Oklahoma State International Championship. This is not a class. Oklahoma State to a playoff, probably. This might not be a class that gets Oklahoma State to a Big Twelve championship berth. Okay, it might not be, but it's a good class. It's currently ranked 40th nationally according to 24/7. It's currently ranked fifth in the Big Twelve as an average rating of of 85, 83. Um, It's a little bit down from last year, rating wise. Um, but But it's a good class, and the strengths of the class are very, very, very important. Your top players, your number one overall player is a four-star pro-style quarterback who should be the heir apparent to Spencer Sanders, right? I I don't know how long Spencer will be here. I hope Shane waits long enough for that to happen because, obviously, you look at Spencer. it's a registered freshman. Um, He'll be a registered sophomore next year. You expect Ellingworth will pro- probably redshirt next year. Um, they'll let Costello be the backup, and then maybe, maybe, and then any place too. But he is—he's legit. He is the heir apparent. He's the guy they expect probably. And it's not a shot at Costello, but Ellingworth is the next guy up. Um, that's that's what he's here to be. is the guy after Sanders. Behind him, you're are the two highest-rated offensive linemen Oklahoma State has signed in the last decade. Trent Polan is good. Eli Russ is good. They're both three stars, but they are the highest rated offensive lineman you've signed in a decade. So, the the, the most important positions to me in football are your quarterback, your offensive line, and, and especially the Big 12, your pass rush. You want to get to the quarterback, you want to protect your quarterback, and you want to have a good quarterback. A good quarterback can make Decent receivers look good. Good offensive line to protect your quarterback. Can make your running backs look really good. And, and if you can get to the opposing quarterback, you're going to put yourself in a position really, really good. Look, secondary is is up there as well. But th- those are the guys I think are most important. Oklahoma State has still been working to rebuild this offensive line for years. This is a step in the right direction. You bring in four offensive linemen, two of your, two of your two of your best players. You have a very nice cornerback and cor- let's just say corner because I'm saying cornerback instead of saying say quarterback. A very nice corner in Corey Black, who I think is going to probably be a guy who plays next year. Part of that is you've got at best four returning scholarship players. Three for Darius Williams decides to go pro or leave early. Um, I think Black is, is great. And then you have Matt Polk, who's your top rated wide receiver, who's a, is a legacy dad played at Oklahoma State before Gundy. If you want to know how how long ago his father played for Oklahoma State, is was, was pre-Gundy. Um, the strengths of this class are really good for Oklahoma State. Cornerback, wide receiver, quarterback. That's pretty good. That's a lot to be happy about. Um, there are gems in this class. There are under-the-radar guys, which is what Oklahoma State does best, is, is find undervalued talent. I don't know that there's many programs in the country that, that evaluate talent as well as Oklahoma State does and, and get the most out of it. I know we all want four- and five-star defensive linemen. I know we all can't understand why we can't land a five-star wide receiver when we produce Blitnikoff winners. I know there's lots of things that we would like to see. Oklahoma State knows what it is and knows how to do it well, and I think this is another example of this is a class where they've done exactly, exactly what they do well, and, and they have done so again.
0: Yeah, just looking over this class, I do think it's really interesting. Shane Illingworth is the, according to 24 7, the highest rated quarterback Oklahoma State's brought in since J.W. Walsh. He's only slightly better. I think his rating is like 93.22, and Spencer Sanders is like 93.11. But either way, according to the rankings, he is the highest rated guy since J.W. Walsh has come in. To see offensive linemen at the top of the class ratings-wise, is a big deal. It shows what Charlie Dickey has been able to do in his time in Stillwater so far. The dude is a hell of a recruiter, and you can see the improvement of the offensive line this year, and it's only going to get better. You know, I think, and I also saw it's interesting that this is this class, uh, I read somewhere, this is the first class in a very long time, I think actually in the Gundy era, where you have more in-state guys than you do have guys from Texas. Oklahoma State has been huge uh, in Texas. But now they have, I believe, well over half their classes, guys from Oklahoma.
1: Um, so I just, I noticed that last night before this all happened, and started doing some digging around. Um, Oklahoma State has six signees from the state of Oklahoma, five from the state of Texas. Five is the lowest. I only went back a decade, so I went back to 2011, and and I'll go back and look some more. Let me tell you how many players they signed from Texas since 2011: 19, 12, 17, 17, 10, 7, 9, 13, 10. They have five this year. Okay. And you're going to go, Oh no. And I'm going to say Oklahoma state's doing exactly what it needs to be doing. It's still recruiting Texas hard. You go look at the 2021 class. The most offers went out to the state of Texas. Okay. They're still offering kids in the state of Texas because that's the closest state to them that has the most talent. they sent out the most offers to Texas kids this year. They sent out 67 offers to the state of Texas. They sent 11 offers in the state of Oklahoma. They signed six Oklahoma players. There is an emphasis in the state on signing the best ones and getting the guys in the state. You can most easily evaluate the players in the state and find the diamonds in the rough. They haven't done a great job of that in the past. Since 2011, here's the number of Oklahoma players they've signed each year. Two, five, one, four. Uh, I don't remember. Six and three. Twice in the last decade, the Oklahoma kids weren't even the second most kids or the third most kids they brought in. Okay. You should be getting I look, Miles Slusher's going to Arkansas. It's annoying. You got a lot of kids going to Oklahoma, but there is enough good talent, talent, and an untapped talent here in the state. You should be keeping these kids in state. I hate that. Isaiah Jacobs is going to Maryland. I understand it. He's relationship with the with Mike Loxley, the head coach there, because Loxley was at Alabama with his brother, who's now with Oakland Raiders. Blah 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 blah. I hate that Miles Lusher. He flipped from Oregon to Arkansas. He didn't flip back to, in state. He flipped to Arkansas. Okay, it's annoying. I get it. It's frustrating to watch the top 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 kids either go to Oklahoma or leave the state. But there is plenty of talent in the state. And I am I'm glad to see Oklahoma State doing a better job of trying to keep more of it in house. The other thing I will say is I'm really glad to see Oklahoma State continuing to spread out where they bring their kids in. Um, they used to have a pipeline to, LA, to to Louisiana. The the coach used to do that. God forbid, I can't remember his name. He's gone. So Louisiana isn't as 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 strong of a place they focus on. They don't have a coach on their roster who has a strong connection to Utah or Arizona, but they're out in those two states and those, especially Arizona. Arizona is a great place for talent. There is a lot of really good players in Arizona. Not Texas, Florida, California numbers, but there is some real talent in the state of Arizona. Going out and getting getting Matt Polk to come in from Arizona. Um, who's the other one? There's an offensive lineman. K- uh, thank you. Getting Cade Bennett to come in from Arizona those are big getting two kids from the state of utah and i could argue mason cobb is one of the better players in the state of utah i know he's ranked as the 8th he you you could you could mess around with that and, and and say he's 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 higher than 8 getting outside of the state of texas and really bringing these kids in continuing to offer and get more nationally it's big, it's important for Oklahoma State because more and more hands are in the state of Texas. You can't just focus on the state of Texas. It can't be the only place. The, the, the primary source is always going to be Texas, but it can't be the only place you go. You have to reach out more, and they have, and uh, I, think it's, I think it's really good and really smart.
0: Going back to the in-state guys for just a second, I want to highlight the guy that, you know, I just scrolled on. I know how talented he is because I've paid attention to Oklahoma high school football this year, Brennan Presley, who was the Gatorade a player of the year in the state of Oklahoma, he's down you know, near the bottom of the list in the rankings. But like you talked about the gems and kind of the diamond in the rough type guys at Oklahoma state fits. He, I feel like he fits that mold because you see like the talent that he possesses is incredible. And he's, you know, five seven one sixty. I feel like if used correctly at Oklahoma state, he's going to be one of those guys that the nation goes, where the hell did this dude come from? <laughs>
1: He is an offensive weapon that should be lined up all over the field. Gundy said in his uh, the post signing stuff that Brennan Presley will be used in the return game early on. Like I think Brennan Presley is returning punts or kickoffs next year. I think I think he is return. He is a return man next year. I think he helps line up in the backfield. I think he lines out. He lines out wide. Presley needs to be what Tyreek Hill was supposed to be. That's how Presley needs to be used. Like, I get it. He's undersized. He's not, not very big. He doesn't have an NFL. This is not a guy that's going to the NFL. Like, I just I just don't think so. Maybe he does. Maybe he, he just proves this all wrong. I don't think he's an NFL guy. But for a college guy, this is your Phil Forte. Okay. This is your – that guy in college is not a guy you want to have to deal with because he's going to make plays. And yet, you look at his offer list. Like, you're talking about the Gatorade offensive player of the year in the state of Oklahoma. His offer list outside of Oklahoma State was Air Force, Arkansas State, Army, Eastern Michigan, Memphis, New Mexico State, North Texas, and Temple, and then William and Mary. And I know that you look at that list and go, okay, well, that's not very impressive. But if you watch his tape, you realize he is impressive. And I know he did that in high school, and high school is not college, but (laughs) um, if they use him right, he's going to. And drive opposing teams crazy.
0: Oh, yeah. No, he he's going to be a guy that, like you said, like what Tyreek Hill should have been at Oklahoma State. And which I, it was interesting when Gundy mentioned him, like he's that type of twitchy, fast, you know, and he should be utilized that way. I'm like, great. That means we're going to have no idea how the hell to use him because of how underutilized Tyreek Hill was when he was at Oklahoma State in 2014. But I think a lot of this – and I think Rashad Owens, who's an athlete – labeled as an athlete, but is Mm -hmm. pretty much a wide receiver running back on a Swiss Army knife type as well. If Mike Gundy relinquishes the reins a little bit and gives the keys to Sean Gleason, we could see what these dudes are going to be like their full potential. Because you saw how – like if you watch any sort of film on how fun that offense at Princeton was that Gleason was running, if – think about that, but with Big 12 athletes. Like we we could be in for a really fun and really really good offense if used correctly.
1: Yeah. Look, uh, they had list. They put out the the list of the the signees. Um, a couple people tweeted it out. They had Presley and they have Owens both listed as wide receiver. But to me, look, Oklahoma State did not land a wide running back. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute because that's a concern but if if you want to find a positive owens played running back primarily his senior season now he's listed as a wide receiver because he's he is a wide receiver he is built like a wide receiver that's what he should be playing 6'1 185 he's a wide receiver he's a wide receiver you can utilize as a running back he's a wide receiver you can utilize in the running game um and i hope they do and i think brennan presley is kind of the same way i think You've got two guys here who are, if used properly, like. can you imagine having quarterback Brennan Presley out wide, Rashad Owens on the other side, some deep threat, a stud running back, and then all of a sudden here come Presley and Owens running towards the quarterback. You're like, wait, who's going to get the ball? Somebody is. Do you know who it is? I don't, and it's going to be fun to find out. Because those two guys, to me, are – those two guys are steals in this in this class. Them and then I really like Mason Cobb. Um, yeah. He's I the one it. who signed today, that can announce today. I, interior linebacker, look, I I like him. I think he's got real potential. And then the benefit for him is linebacker is not a position where they need guys to start next year. You bring him back. Ogbongamiga, Malcolm Rodriguez – Kevin Henry's getting a sixth-year medical redshirt sixth year. And I can't remember who else. Oh, yeah. Oh, for, I forgot. Calvin Bundage might be back. Good Lord. Like, the only, the only scholarship linebacker you're losing is Phillip Redwine Bryant, and he only ever played special teams. You're returning all your linebackers. Now, assuming no one leaves early or someone transfers, you're returning all your linebackers. You don't even have to play Cobb this year. He can spread shirts. Sit a year or two and get ready. I like him. He's a guy who's coming on at the right time. OSU found him when they needed to. He's going to continue to develop. He's not a guy who's going to who I think is going to contribute immediately, but he is a guy who, when they need him, I think is going to be really good for this team.
0: So let's go in and let's go ahead and talk about the kind of the elephant in the room of this recruiting class, and that Oklahoma State did not have a running back signed in the early signing period. They lose Isaiah Jacobs, and state guy who ends up going to Maryland. Daniel Langata, he doesn't commit until January 2nd, but it seems right now that everything is leaning toward him going to Arizona State.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: So where does this leave Oklahoma State? Because I think John Wozniak is a great coach, and he's done a great job as a coach here. But he hasn't recruited very well. You know, people want to give him credit for landing DeAndre Glass, but DeAndre Glass really kind of fell into Oklahoma State's lap because the places he wanted to go didn't want him or didn't need
1: him. I mean, so he got offered by Miami late and made Miami one of his top choices, and then Miami got a, a transfer and decided not to not to pursue him anymore. Like I, I'm not trying. This is not a trying to be a shot at DeAndre Glass, but OSU, you're right, OSU. Kind of got him, and don't give Wozniak credit for Chuba. Arroyo recruited Chuba, and if you read the article from Max Olson, you come away going, "Oh, they kind of lucked into getting Chuba as well." And no, Wozniak had very little other than just making sure he kept talking to him every day. Had nothing to do with making sure that he came to Oklahoma State. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going to give Wozniak credit for Chuba coming to Oklahoma State. I'll give him credit for his coaching of, of Chuba and his coaching of Justice Hill, but Arroyo got Chuba. I, I don't. I don't want to make this a thing on on Wozniak. I think there's a few things that played into this. One, I don't. I don't think they were worried about bringing a running back in this class because I don't think they realized how good Chuba was going to be. Like even in my preseason prediction, I thought he was going to hit. I was like, you know what? Oh, we've only had one Oklahoma State running back of the Gundy area hit 1,500 yards. I think Chuba's going to do that. He's going to hit 2,000 yards. Okay. I don't think any of us really knew how good he was actually going to be and how historic of a season he was actually going to have and that at the end of it, he would be going pro. Now, I thought he might go pro, but I don't think OSU really thought this guy is going to be gone after this season. And so, oh, well, running back wasn't considered a priority because you had him, you had LD Brown coming back, you got Desmond Jackson, you've got Deandre Glass, those, you know, you've got a Juco guy who's got two years of eligibility, you got Deandre Glass. You, you, the room is good because you've got Chuba at the head of it. So they offered running backs, but if you really look at who they offered, they offered a lot of studs. They offered some guys. They were real picky about who they tried to get. They wanted, they didn't offer like any of the in state guys except for Isaiah Jacobs, and Isaiah Jacobs' offer came later. Folks, it didn't come early. It came later. They didn't worry about them as much. They went after Zachary Evans. They went after Jace McClellan. They went after Seth McGowan. They went after these guys, and they didn't get them, which is what happens. And, I, and part of that is Arroyo is gone, folks. And I I, I don't want to sit here and dog Wozniak. Put, he ain't Arroyo. And... That is what it is, but I I, I do give. I don't. I, I also want to say I don't think it was a priority for them until they reached the point where they realized what was going to happen with Chuba and that he might leave. And now they're up shit creek without a paddle because Ingata, who I really thought Ingata was an OSU lean until he changed his mind on when he wanted to commit, and since then, I he's I don't think he's coming. Um. They've got one kind of one last option, maybe give Andre Bradford out of Lancaster. But right now he's apparently a Wisconsin or Ohio state lean. Like OSU might not sign a running back unless they bring in some last minute Juco guy. And they offered Ladamian Webb and I just kind of look at it and go, we don't need another Juco running back. You need a guy you can develop or you need a transfer. Who's going to sit a year and he's got three years left. Um, If Chuba is gone next year, the running back room is a real concern. I'm sorry. LD Brown is not an RB1. Um, We don't know what Desmond Jackson is. Maybe he'll be really good. Uh, Maybe DeAndre Glass just needed a year in the system and he's going to be, you know, I do think Desmond, I I think DeAndre Glass is good. But, you know, Gunny, he got a few carries, fumbled the ball once, and then literally we'd never heard from him again like he was locked in a closet. So, uh it's a concern and it really is.
0: Yeah, next season if Chuba you believes you're essentially just banking on DeAndre Glass becoming the dude. Like it it and it has to happen that way.
1: Well, um, or Desmond I, Jackson. Yeah, you, or Desmond
0: Jackson. You need someone to establish themselves as a legit RB one that can hit or at least flirt with a thousand yards for any sort of success in the you know in that room next year.
1: Um, It also tells you running back better be a priority next year. mm
0: -hmm. No doubt about it. Like
1: running back is a, and I don't mean a priority like you got to get one. Running back in 2021, you better bring in two. Like it's a priority where you better get two guys in 2021. Um, I'll be honest. They have offers to one, two, three, four, five, six. That ain't going to cut it. Okay. Okay. Especially not when one is the number one overall, one is the number two overall, one's the number four overall, folks. I love OSU; they ain't coming. Yeah, you're not gonna get them. I like Cameron Valdez. I've watched some of his highlight tape. He'd be really good at Rockdale. But I'm like, just be just be honest here. Like, I'm trying to not be mean to Bozniak, but I'm really worried he's the new Adkins.
0: Yeah, like good coach, but can't. Just can't get it done refer. when he's reverting.
1: Yeah, well, I I think if they can't land some guys in twenty twenty one, then we have to have a real conversation. I don't like calling for guys' jobs, but if if they if they don't figure something out, like, mm, mm. um, so yeah, um, what did you think about the uh, about the social media they were using today?
0: You know, I thought it was pretty tame. Uh, which I'm I'm fine with I really loved what they did last year with like the Red Dead Redemption theme. I thought that was super cool, one of the better ones. At least we didn't use Muppets.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. That whoa.
0: was that was Do you have a problem with the Baylor? It, it was, you have It was cringy. It was very oh, I cringy. It.
1: I loved it. Once they came out, once the uh, once the coach rule in the smock came out, I it was done. Say, Shut say. the whole thing down. That was that was it.
0: So I will say that the, the puppet mat rule was funny. I, I just thought the Muppet thing as a whole was very, very cringy,
1: but do you you went to the effort to get the players to divorce no, no no like I like it's cringy to you, I promise you recruits loved it, oh, and no, it's been it talked is. about I, it's sure. been talked about everywhere it is getting like like when o s u did the red dead red dead redemption last year, people were talking about it, everyone thought it was one of the best ones that that had been done, and this year's and i and I kind of wrote about this for land grant, I love. The the Oklahoma State social media compared to like four years ago is light is night and day. It's so much better. But this year's was like, eh, yeah. Like Baylor had Muppets, Kansas State did Legos. Okay, OU made made designed logos for each individual signee. And I get that OU's recruiting budget allows it to go way over the top, which is you know it is what it is. You can't do that, but. Syracuse did comic book covers for every single one of them and they were pretty neat like I get the whole comic book fad is a fad they put but they were kind of awesome there was one they actually got the parents of the recruits to record and I forget who did it to record sound bites about their kid to introduce them in the videos like OSU did some motion graphics and they were nice but the full video you had to go to YouTube and watch I just it was really it was fine.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm i just pulled up the Syracuse ones. Okay, if you have the chance to go to the Syracuse football Twitter page, these are freaking awesome. The the comic book logos are freaking cool.
1: Yeah, they are. Like you it sounds super cheesy like, oh you need comic books. I'm like, no, go look at them. They are they're pretty awesome. Like and we're talking about eighteen year old kids here. We're talking about the kids who have signed. You're talking about the kids who you think all this the 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 class of 2021 doesn't look at this stuff and see cool things. You think that what's happening today doesn't impact next year's recruiting class and other ones. It does. It all plays into recruiting. So lackluster signing day stuff. is kind of like, okay, instead of having, instead of utilizing this as an opportunity for people to talk about what you did outside of just your class, but talking about how you showed your class off, get creative, like like be, find unique ways to use video. I don't just mean motion graphics. Like, do video. I, I, I get the players involved more in some way. I just they they've got to come back with something that's some straight fire next year. They can't be this lackluster. And again, they did a really good job with them. They look really clean. the The social media, the graphics crew, the video crew for Oklahoma State uh, sports period has been fantastic. Um, yeah, in all sport, like softball, has been awesome. I just I need more than
0: yeah. like Orange Powder Studios has been so good with the graphics and the videos all season long. I kind of thought they were going to do something, you know, that has kind of fit what they've done this year. And I'm not saying I don't think what they did necessarily was bad. It was just very vanilla compared to what some other schools have done this year. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that, but flashy stuff works. It really does.
1: It does. Well, I'm, and knowing they can do. Right. It's a thing of you can't take a year off, man. Like you can't take a year off in recruiting. Yeah. And this is part of recruiting. And it's neat, but it's not making any waves and these are those opportunity these are the opportunities to do things to make yourself noticed that can help you on the recruiting trail. And I know it sounds silly but you're messing with 18-year-old kids here, okay? It, I understand fans want things to work a certain way in the way that makes sense to them. But guess what? Winning 10 games three years in a row doesn't – winning football doesn't matter to yeah. kids. Outside of winning a national championship or going to the playoff every year, 18-year-old kids don't care if you're winning football because in their mind, they're going to show up to your school and they're, you're going to win because they're there. OK? Maryland pulled Isaiah Jacobs and flipped a four-star wide receiver from LSU. Five Maryland. Five-star. Depending upon your your ranking system yes okay arkansas flipped miles slusher from oregon to arkansas okay kids don't think about this 18 year olds do not look at this the same way we do you so so getting getting like all but that's why all this little stuff matters all this though it always has to be with the intention of looking towards recruiting the next kids i just i know that it's one of those like i they didn't do a bad job but i know they can do better I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed.
0: Oh, that's worse. That's just worse. All right. Do you have any final thoughts here, Phillip?
1: Um, so obviously 18 signed. Uh, Jabbar Muhammad plans to sign in February is what we've seen. Uh, he'd be the 19th. That would leave six scholarships for, for Oklahoma State. And with the number of scholarships they're returning next season, they can full, they can fill a full 25-person class. And I think they will. I know there's a lot of talk about, like this is going to be a smaller class. I don't think this is going to be a smaller class because there's still holes for them to fill. We don't know who might decide to transfer out after a little while. Um, I don't think you're going to see a focus on any more high school kids after after Muhammad signs. You might, maybe they go after one or two and try and and, and maybe they're still going after Bradford. Maybe there's a couple other guys that really want to go after, but. I think most of the rest of the class is going to be filled out, um, with transfers. And I think that's the right move. Um, if you look at the roster and what they have coming back, they need immediate help at corner. Um, I'm, I'm going to say this until they do it. Go find me a grad transfer corner, um, who can immediately, worst be a backup. Um, I don't, especially after losing, Sawyer Gorham to Texas. Um, obviously, you wanted to bring in a defensive tackle. Go find one, bring one in, work on recruiting one for next year, and bring a guy in who can who can play. You're good at quarterback. Um, whatever Tylan does, you're good. At, you're set at wide receiver, unless you just go into the year and and similar to this year, think that you don't you're you're missing something. But like that's like Jordan McRae didn't come on to the class until spring, right? Because your next signing period is right. February through April. Um, they'll go through spring ball. They'll evaluate their position groups. And, and I'm sure at spring ball this, this, this time around, they're going to evaluate their position groups and go, okay, we need some help here and here and here. Um, let's go fill those holes. So aside from places we don't know yet, they need to bring in a corner. I don't care if they do feel good with Rodarius Williams, three sophomores and three freshmen. I want you to bring in some experience just for one year to help out. Um, The one other guy, and it's not that they need a ton of help at defensive end, uh, Putnam City, four-star last year, Colin Clay, went to Arkansas in the transfer portal.
0: Yeah. Go get him. him. Yeah.
1: That's my final thought. I don't care if you don't necessarily need a defensive end. Go get him. Because that kid is good. That kid can play, and I, I want him. He's not happy at Arkansas. Oklahoma State was in, was among the final schools he was considering. Go once his name was in transfer portal. You better have been calling him, calling his mom. He needs to be part of this recruiting class. Like, I want Colin Clay in Stillwater.
0: Yeah, I would imagine that we see at least one or two graduate transfers on either side of the ball come in this this coming season. It just feels like one of those years where we, you know, you just need that extra little boost. And instead of trying to fill out just you know guys that you need in a year or two, like right now, especially if you get you know on the you know the miracle chance that happens either Thailand and or Chuba back, like twenty twenty is a year that you need to go and you need to go and try and win nine ten games. You don't worry about freshmen at that point. You need a dude that can come in and make an immediate impact. So I think, I bet we'll see after spring ball, like you said, you know, I think we'll see a couple guys like that. I think we'll see a Juco guy or two. Like they're going to round out the class of 24, 25, but I think 18 right now, and I think the freshmen they brought in are going to be good. Uh, I don't think it's program changing in any way, but I think there's some solid guys that are going to make an impact on the program.
1: Again, they're going to have a lot returning next year. Yeah. A lot. They only lose, what did I put down? 11? 10? Yeah, something like that. I think it's 10 because I had Kevin Henry wrong. I found out that they yeah, he, he got, got a 60 year. He's getting a 60 year. So I think they lose 10 scholarship players. Now, that's not, we don't know about Chuba and Thailand yet or anybody else who, who leaves early, but that, no, it's 14 because I forgot about the transfers that count. Yeah, uh, it was J. 10, J. 10, J. 10 J. who Carl- ran out of.
0: Yeah, J. B. on Carwell committed to UTSA today.
1: Yeah. Cardwell's gone. Jeter's gone. Um, obviously Grayson Boomer's name is in there. And, um, there's another,
0: uh, there's another one. Player.
1: On. Thank yeah. you. Um, I just, you bring back so much that like linebacker is loaded. Safety looks good. Defensive end, defensive line. Like you could use some, it wouldn't be the word. A like, con clay is going to upgrade that, that position group. Um, oh. Bringing another defensive tackle to upgrade that position group, not a bad thing. I don't know about wide receiver. I would assume that they're ready for some other guys to take over spots and and not need to bring in another Jordan McCray. Um, You're going to lose some offensive linemen. You assume next guys are up, but maybe bringing a transfer in there, obviously. I think they have a couple spots in mind that they know they need now, and then they're going to evaluate through the winter and into the spring and look at where they have holes to fill, and go after some guys to bring them in. I, this class is not done yet by by any means, um, it, but it's mostly wrapped up. And I think for now, it's if they can land a running back, they will. Otherwise, I you know your your primary recruiting job right now at running back is convincing Chuba to stay for another year. Yep. That's your number one job as far as recruiting a running back is recruiting Chuba to stay one more year. That's your first job. You do that, I don't care if you bring a running back in or not. You're good. So.
0: You got anything else there, Phillip?
1: Um, uh, Oklahoma State plays play – right? OSU, plays, OSU plays Minnesota in uh, on, on Saturday in Tulsa. So if you can go to that, you should. Um, I would love to go to that, but I will not be doing so. Yeah, I live in central Arkansas. It's hard. Uh, it's also hard to like go to Tulsa and then turn around three days later and go back to Tulsa for a week. It's really tough. Um Joel? What's your what's your what's your favorite Christmas movie?
0: Christmas Vacation. That's good. Because just, if the, just the rant at the end itself just makes the movie for me. There there are movies like that Home Alone and the ending sequence to Home Alone, where he just turns the house into a saw you know, torture device, you know then it, they're just stuff that just never fails to make me laugh, and that's what I want out of out of Christmas is watching those two movies
1: and by the way, you are aware that there is a Twitter account that literally just is scenes from Christmas vacation, right?
0: No, but I'm about to go and immediately follow that.
1: <laughs> it's just called it's it just type in Christmas vacation. it's vacation quotes. It is literally just like scenes. From the movie Christmas Vacation. And it's been. It has been the greatest Twitter find. For me all month long.
0: So I, my wife and I have. Like one of those little felt boards. Or whatever with a little plastic letters. That you know she has you know, quotes up for stuff. And oh so yeah, for Christmas. I had her put that we're the jolliest bunch of assholes. This side of the nut house. Because I needed to add I, my little bit of Christmas.
1: That's very good. I like that. What's I yours? Ooh, um. I have a hard time picking one. Like, I have to watch Die Hard every year, and I don't want to hear Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. Die Hard
0: is a Christmas movie.
1: Like, it is. If you don't, I don't, you don't have to watch it at Christmas. Like, this notion that it can't be one is stupid. Um, Die Hard's up there. Uh, I'm a big fan of Scrooged with Bill Murray. I find that quite entertaining. Obviously, Elf is a a mainstay in our house. Christmas Vacation, of course. And, uh, I'm a big, uh, now that we have Disney Plus, guess what? at Christmas Carol, I get to watch it every year. And, uh, I couldn't be happier because I realized as I was watching that, like, a week ago, I still remember, like, all the lines to that movie. And I don't think I've watched it in about five years.
0: Man, that's a good time. You know, it's one of the, I always love when you watch a movie you haven't seen in a long time and you still remember everything from it. Like, that's, I don't know why. It's just a good feeling.
1: Oh, dude, like, um, it's been at least four years since I've watched Big Lebowski. I could probably quote every line. Um, it's been a decade since I've watched Smoking and the Bandit. I can quote every line to that one.
0: I love uh, Smokey and the Bandit.
1: That's such that's just a movie. that's just. We need it, children. If you haven't watched Smoking and the Bandit, go do yourself a favor. And I don't know all the like the older guys are like, oh yeah, like it's a that's just some classic terrible movie joy. <laughs> it's so good. It's perfect. Yeah. All right, Ooh. So- uh, NCAA wrestling just named uh, Oklahoma State the uh, wrestling team of the week. Hey, there we go. All right. Because they beat Bedlam.
0: Because Bedlam. 147 to 20, I think. Yeah, something like that.
1: What, one for, oh, 47. Like they won forty. I was like, you can't score 147 no, points no, no, in wrestling. No
0: I'm, talk, no, I'm talking about the, the, the Bedlam record.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: 147
1: to 20. All right, it's, it's bad. Yeah. I know you fans will be like, we we don't care, blah blah blah, gymnastics, and be like, there there you go. That's yeah,
0: right. that, that that tells you all you need to know. I mean, it, I, I think Seth Duckworth said this um, a couple of days ago. With, you know, with OU fans, not you know, with all the stuff they say about wrestling on Twitter, like, why would anyone want to go wrestle at the University of Oklahoma without their fan base treats the sport? Like, I don't know. I
1: mean, honestly, I, well, I, I have no idea. Like, why would you go play for a team, a school, where the entire like student population thinks your your entire sport is a joke? Yeah, it's it's terrible. I
0: don't.
1: Uh, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole. I just needed to get that point out there. We're trying to get we'll get Brandon on at some point. He recovers the wrestling for Oklahoma State. I was a bunch football season is over. Uh, again, go watch Oklahoma State play Minnesota and Tulsa. They need that win for the resume. I think it'd be a quad two win at this point. Um, but you just, you got to rack those up as much as you can. And you really need to avoid, Minnesota's not very good. You got to avoid bad losses at this point. Oklahoma State's biggest thing right now with with where their net ranking is, you have to avoid bad losses. So go beat Minnesota, go beat Southeastern Louisiana, and then we'll get into pick 12 play. Um, we'll talk. We're gonna to have to do something. Ooh, we're just talking about the bowl game coming up, man. Um, Chuba is playing in the bowl game. That's awesome. we have Chuba playing in the bowl game, which means and, he's
0: going to run all over Texas A&M, which is gonna. Well, be- they
1: do have a really good run defense, I don't, and that's after facing the lineup they faced. I think they only allow like 120 yards a game. Now, granted, they're. I can't remember the name of the defensive tackle, but he's like their sack leader and their tackle for loss leader. He is is declared for the NFL, so he's not playing. That's a big loss for them. But between Chuba back and Gundy saying today that Spencer's cast is off, he's 100% and both he and Drew Brown are going to play. Now I think Drew Brown starts that game, and I think he plays most of the game, but I do think they will both play in that game. Um. I feel really good, especially like if you're betting the line, Texas a and by seven. No, 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 no. no. Give me a me All
0: all Can day. We, do we finally see the galaxy brain of Sean Gleason? And we see both quarterbacks on the field at the same time.
1: This, I mean, if, it's if this is the game to do it, when else are you going to do it? Like this yeah. is the last chance. Yeah. I want this to be the 2014 Cactus Bowl. I want them to just throw out what the – where, where has this been all season? Why didn't you do that? I want some some friggin' James Castleman bulldozing a guy, paint flying off helmets, fifteen yards more gained after. Like I I want some just so, insanity in yeah. this game. This is that's what I want. there's nothing to lose in this game. Go out, beat the greatest seven and five team to ever play football, and have a hell of a time.
0: So I I, I texted this earlier. I never got an answer, and we can talk about this more next week, but who do you want to be the James Castleman this year?
1: I mean, so you mean like the, what the heck is happening? I don't know if there's going to be a James Castleman so much as I think that, I think that spent that, that Gleason, I think Gundy has to just let Gleason
0: just let it rip. Go, let it,
1: let them, let him play both quarterbacks. Like let Drew Brown and Spencer Sanders be. I have been waiting for that all season. Do you have to do it this week? You, this game, you have to do it. you have two quarterbacks who can run and throw give it let me let me have Spencer run out toss back to Brown for a flea flicker to friggin Braden Johnson for sixty yard touchdown like just give me that. Give yes. that to me okay i uh, I wanna see drew Brown out there in the third quarter as an extra blocker for friggin. Chuba to have a forty-yard touchdown round. Just, just please, it's A and M in Houston. Go have fun because it might be Chuba's last game. Go, it's Drew Brown's last game. Go have fun. Let them have fun. Let them just go. There's, it doesn't matter if you win this game or not. It really doesn't. Like I want them to. Gundy is nine and four in bowl games. Okay, it could be ten and four by the end of this one. Like that's stupid good. I mean, it's not. Kyle Whittingham, good, but it's stupid good. Just go have fun. Because when they go and have fun in bowl games, they win their bowl games. Yeah, They win their bowl games. He hasn't lost a bowl game since 2015. Okay? Yeah. And that was the cheating Ole Miss team against the Oklahoma State team that had no business being a 10-win team in the Sugar Bowl.
0: If there's anything I want to see in this bowl game, and I talked about this last year, I talked about it again this year. Give me Jelani Woods lining up as a Wildcat quarterback, and let a six eight two hundred and fifty five sixty pound oh. man with a full head of steam run downhill, please.
1: Yes, 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 do you yes.
0: Think, yeah, like I know it's the SEC, and you know, we'll take that with what you will. But do you think any sort of safety is you know the third level defender is going to be able to stop that?
1: But I mean, if Jelani's got some steam behind him, no. Nope,
0: no. Nope.
1: <laughs> please just go have fun. Just yeah. I don't think the Big Twelve is going to do well in bowl season this year. For did you know that every Big Twelve team is a dog? I
0: did see that. Yeah.
1: Every Big Twelve. We're going to have our bowl picks on Friday for 10-12. Um every Big 12 team is a dog. I think OSU I think OSU wins this game. I do. I I could be wrong. I just, it's bowl game. And it reminds me of the Cactus Bowl and last year against Missouri. And I think Gundy's just like, let her rip, kids. Let her rip. Go have some fun. Let's end this on a high note. And in those situations, OSU does well. And I think, why not? Why not go have fun in a game with this? Plus, from a recruiting standpoint, go have fun. You're in the Houston. You're facing A&M. There's so much more pressure in a to win than it is Oklahoma State. Just go win. Go have fun. It's fine.
0: All right, so I got two final thoughts here. One, Mason Cox was a Jeopardy question today? Yes,
1: yes, Mason Cox was a Jeopardy was a Jeopardy question.
0: So that's cool. And then secondly, this is just personal note, shameless plug. Uh, I tweeted out earlier today that I have begun to collect minor league sweatshirts and T-shirts of teams that have like cool logos and just all that stuff. Love minor league baseball. I hate the, the this bullshit that's going on with major league baseball, trying to get rid of it. Minor league baseball is great. I started my collection with the Hillsboro Hops rookie team for the Arizona Diamondbacks, mainly because I like their logo and I like beer. So there we go. Um, if you have any suggestions of the next minor league team that I should buy a shirt from, let me know. Go ahead and comment or send me a DM. I'm taking any suggestions, just because I love that people because it's got brought out this love of minor league baseball and people, and even you, Phil. You you commented on you're not even a big baseball guy.
1: Oh, but I love minor league teams. Oh, I love minor league teams, and I love the stupid the the insanity and the fun. I want if you're buying them the first because the first two I want, and I want the hats. I want I want to collect minor league hats because they're fun. Um, I want the Montgomery biscuits. That's a good one. And the Hartford Yard Goats.
0: Yep, the, the yard those
1: are the are two. Those two are pretty friggin' hilarious. What's the one that's out in West Texas? It's um,
0: Amarillo Sod Poodles.
1: Thank you. Yep. Yes. Oh, I love that one too. Yeah, that, that's it. a good one.
0: No, I, the main reason the main reason I like the Hartford Yard Goats is I saw this on Twitter back in like July. They sell like it's like a plastic bat that's hollowed out, and you they pour beer in it. It's like a twenty four ounce beer in a bat. That's more reason for me to go to Hartford, plus, Connecticut than anything else.
1: But their logo is cool.
0: It is. It's a good one.
1: It's a goat chewing on a bat. I don't care. I'll love it.
0: So yeah, I'll like I said, love it. Yeah, Like I said, if you have any suggestions or any, any ideas for the next minor league team, I should buy a shirt from, let me know because I, I just want to start doing this just for fun.
1: Yeah. yeah. But only fun ones like drillers are great. Drillers are fine. Um, I love the drillers and it's unique and it's unique to them. But like, I live in Central Arkansas. They have the travelers.
0: And the naturals.
1: Bleh. Like, rebrand yourself something fun. Don't don't be boring. You're minor league baseball. There's zero reason to be boring. Zero. Who's the uh what's the one that's their mascot is a uh is a smores on fire
0: oh the Rocky Mountain Vibes Maddie yes I, I got my wife that sweatshirt for Christmas last year because she thought it was hilarious so she's got because that. it is it is it's, it's so a good.
1: smores on fire wearing sunglasses the, the, I is, love minor league baseball his
0: name is toasty by the way so it's just it's perfect yeah, of
1: course it is of course it the Rocky Mountain of course it's toasty
0: all right let's get out of here Phil where can everyone follow you on Twitter
1: Follow me personally at OKTXARpoke plenty of Oklahoma State stuff there you can follow my show the 1012 podcast T-E-N, the number 12 the word podcast on Twitter uh we will have our picks episode up on Friday and uh, we talked some basketball on Wednesday with Brian Ralph talked quite a, a little bit about Oklahoma State and the situation with uh, the those losses during Isaac Likely and and, and uh, or without Isaac Likely and how that might impact OSU's uh, chances in the big dance at the uh, come march
0: Follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. Tons of stuff from National Signing Day on there today. We have basketball previews, wrestling, uh, everything you're looking for. Go ahead and go to the site. I'll shamelessly plug my other site, Royals Farm Report at Royals Farm. I just recorded a podcast yesterday with Corey Nido. He is the director of broadcasting for the Wilmington Blue Rocks, the high A team for the Royals. They won their championship of their league last year, so we were able to talk to him about that. Uh, and what the experience was like, calling a championship game, calling a no-hitter, and all the experiences there. It's a really good episode. Very, very good interview, Corey. It was awesome, so if you get the chance to listen to that, please go ahead. We'll be back next week before Christmas so that we can preview the Texas Bowl against Texas A&M